0: This is a crowd podcast.
1: Welcome to Go Love Yourself. I want to add something to the bag of dicks. <gasps> you and I haven't added anything to the bag of dicks for a while. We have not. We have haven't. Been. Okay. I think
0: you're going to agree with me on this. Um, oh. You probably sin. <laughs> there's something that's gone viral on TikTok, and it's a filter. Like the age is called aged filter. Oh. <gasps> Don't get me started. So many people are using it and posting videos and they are like absolutely horrified. And they're like, kill me now.
2: (laughs) I'm just like...
0: I get it on the one hand and Mm -hmm. I do realise I do sit on the fence a lot. I've got splinters in my arsehole. I do know this. I just think on the one hand, like I did it and I don't normally go full for these things. And I was like, oh God, no. Mm -hmm. Because I just had these like jowls and my hair was really grey. And I I didn't like it, but it was just because it was a bit of a shock. But I think that it it is just... I just feel like we are as a society like you know we always talk about how like we as fat women can't win I feel like older women can't win either oh and God, older no. people mm. and there's just like such a kind of scrutiny and a stigma around getting old when actually it's a privilege isn't
1: it to to get it to is. get old and grow old so that's just kind of irked me a little bit this week do you know what yeah I totally agree with you and every reaction I had when I did it upset me because I was so horrified <laughs> Um, And that's that's probably not the right thing to say on this podcast, but I will be very honest. I was horrified. I did it for like two seconds and I took it off. And then I was also horrified that I was horrified because I was like, I am going to look like that. Like I could see my mum and my dad in that. And, you know, I can see my face start to age in that way. I can see my face starting to drop and things like that. And I hate it. I I wanted to, I wanted to just run to a doctor and just be like, fill it with anything you can fucking find, please. (laughs) Um, And whether I choose or not to go down that route is, is, you know, personal choice and stuff. But it, it, it it upset me so much that I was upset because I'm like, my God, how ageist are we all? Yeah. And that's not just our fault because we live in a world that, you know, beauty is revered and, you know, youth is, is the beauty. Youth is revered. Youth is revered. You're being peddled anti-aging products from the time that you turn 21. What I want to be like is is a privilege to grow older and it is. But, I'm with you in that people's responses have been really fucking disgusting. I didn't post my response mm. because I don't want to put that out in the world. i would yeah, pretty sure I put it on it's podcast. it's just the but- <laughs> people's
0: need to add to the narrative of like, oh, age is grace, which, mm. yeah, I think that's that's going into the bag of dicks for me this week. Yeah,
1: it is. Because ageing is such a privilege. And I've said this before on, on Instagram, so I'm allergic to hair dye. I have to be okay with the fact that I will never be able to dye my hair. And I'm already going grey. And I think probably by the time I'm 40... I will be mostly grey and I have to be fine with that. And I am fine with that. So I do genuinely think ageing is such a privilege, but that filter brings out the worst in people, including me. (laughs) At least you admit it. (laughs) Well, this is it. At least I admit it. But have you seen the other one, which is what I'll look like when I lose... 20 pounds I was or just something. gonna say
0: yeah this one annoys me as well Alex Light who I love following on Instagram she did a really funny one where it was like what well, I did look like if I was 10 kg smaller and the one where she was 10 kg smaller she wasn't actually she just stuck her middle finger up it's like yes Alex and that upsets me a lot because people are like oh where's the you know the diet pills or where's the gym membership like there's in there like racing to do it because they think they look better yeah but you have to remember it's it's AI, isn't it? So yes. they've smoothed things, and it's just—it's not good. I don't. This is the negative side of technology. I don't like it.
1: I don't like it either, and I don't like yeah the the narrative that goes along with it of like you said, just like immediately, oh god, I can't eat today. Then and and all that. Yeah. What I think is old school stuff, and I appreciate isn't old school stuff because that still lives in the world. And you and I have purposely built this little bubble because we don't want to listen to that shit. But my God, it still exists. That can go straight in the bag of dicks.
0: Be gone. See you later. (laughs) Bye-bye.
1: So today's topic is something you all know that I know very well, and we get so many requests to talk about it, and that is single life and how to love it, especially in your 30s. So to help us talk about this, we have a fabulous guest today. She is a writer who chats all about reclaiming singlehood, particularly in her book, A Single Revolution. A huge welcome to Shaney Silver. Hi, Shaney, How are you? I'm doing
2: so well. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited.
0: <laughs> I just had a very, very excited voice note. I mean, to be fair, most of them are very excited, but I just had a, a particularly excited voice note from Lauren before this recording. It was like, "Oh my god, awesome. something along those lines." Fun fact: When Lauren voice notes me, my dog thinks there's a squeaky toy in the room. <laughs> because she's that high pitched I'm not joking. I'm not exaggerating. So <laughs>
1: either the dogs think I'm a squeaky toy or my friend's kid always laughs whenever he hears my voice. It's not just like, I'm like oh, that's nice. It's ha ha ha, laugh at this woman's voice. It's very rude. Children are so <laughs>
2: like filterless. Bless them, but filterless.
1: Yes, I'm super excited. And what I will say, I just said uh, this to Shani before we started uh, recording. The amount of stalking I have done on you in the last hour and a half while I should have been working is intense. I am ready. And you are going to teach me and everyone who listens to our fabulous podcast all about life. So I'm very excited about it.
0: Very, very excited too. But before we kick off, uh, I do have a very important question for you, Shaney. So we have something on the show called The Bag of Dicks, where basically we put things we don't like and we want to get rid of into. So I want to know, is there anything that has pissed you off this week, big or small, that you want
2: to put into The Bag of Dicks? Oh. Oh, God. Yeah, sure. I hate to be this basic, but the weather... Girl, you're talking to two British girls. (laughs) The degree of heat that I have experienced... I live in New Orleans, Louisiana in the US, and um, I chose to live here. I made this decision consciously to move here (laughs) from Brooklyn. Um, The last eight days of my life have been the worst heat wave I've ever been a part of, and I have lived in some very, very hot climates, but this was born of satan himself <laughs> and it is over now how hot are we talking unable to safely be outside for longer than five minutes hot like oh my god so the heat and oh and you guys have a different system that i have never ever successfully learned so i'm ready to, i'm ready to google and to to do to, to the transfer so you tell me how many celsius the heat index in fahrenheit was 116 on friday jesus okay Lauren's gonna try it. Is that degrees that to Fahrenheit degrees. to Celsius? It's forty six, Laura. Oh, and all of our listeners that is forty to six degrees, degrees. in our language. With like hundred percent humidity. Just oh. absolute ruin. Just ruin. As soon as you go outside. No, thank yeah. you. I'm good. <laughs> so that can go in the bag. i would melt. Yeah, you do would melt. You do. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I'm like Olaf in like 28 degrees. Like that's
1: it's really nah, that is not it. Do you guys have aircon? Oh yeah. where you are, you have to. It's
2: like a safety issue. We
1: understand. We yeah. When we had a uh, we had a uh, 42 degrees last summer, and I sat in my car with the aircon <laughs> blasting and cried my eyes out because that was the only way I could feel like I, don't I could manage it or anything. Yeah. I was just like, do you know what I mean? I think it was like three days, and it was day three, and everyone was just like miserable and as I said we're not set up for it we don't have aircon and I love that every year we moan that we don't have aircon yet aircon is never introduced but um yeah I just like, oh my God. I went to the McDonald's drive there like <laughs> um, anyway it is so wonderful to have you on the podcast because uh, you talk all about being single and one of the things I want to talk to you about is like being single versus dating those two things being very different. I'm kind of reclaiming singlehood and learning to kind of enjoy it for the pleasure that it is. And I say that as a single woman, we're going to talk all about it. So just to sort of start us off, can, can I ask like how you got into all of this and have you always been this comfortable and confident with being single? Has that been something that you've learned kind of in your journey of being online as well?
2: I did not always feel this way at all. So I've been single for 15 years and for the first 10 it was a really miserable experience, and the biggest the biggest shift for me was just asking myself why it was so miserable, and you've already kind of alluded to this, but it was miserable because I was dating. There was nothing <laughs> about singlehood that was miserable. It was dating that was the miserable thing, and it was just sort of letting singlehood take the blame for its crimes this entire time. Like, singlehood itself is a <laughs> gorgeous, beautiful, right? valuable thing, and a valid thing, too, but because... Typically, the understanding is when you're single, you date. If you don't want to be single anymore, you date. I don't think that's true. I think you have a better shot at meeting someone literally any other way than dating, but we'll get there. The societal narrative is that if you're single and you don't want to be, you date. And so it becomes kind of almost like a chore, like doing your dishes or folding laundry. If you're a single person, you're going to participate in the dating space. You're going to try to not be single anymore. And that space, because we live in the world that we do with the tech that we have and with the industries that have come out of the idea of love it has become a really miserable grueling and ultimately fruitless experience and so it took it took a good 10 years of just absolute utter misery in the single space for me to start asking myself what i was doing why am i why am i trying so hard to get out of singlehood why is this the only way out of singlehood like why am i continuing to put myself in a terrible position, a miserable position, a lack focused position, like for what, what is so bad about time alone? What is so bad about singlehood? And as it turns out, not much. It's great. I
1: love it. And you know, I've been single for many, many years as well. And There have been like periods of time of like two years, a year and a half there, all this kind of stuff where I haven't dated because I haven't wanted to. And I felt so much pressure from the people in my life to date. And I and I was like, God, am I weird because I'm not dating? But it was so nice not to. And I did one of the, the longest period of time was actually during the pandemic. And, you know, I worked at the time for our National Health Service in communications. And it was just really busy and horrible. Do you think I had the time or the mental power to talk to men online? No, even if they were fabulous. And I always felt like, honestly, probably until recently where I I think you get older and you're like, I really don't care what you think. I thought it was, I was weird for having those really long stretches without dating, but being pretty content with
2: life. There's nothing about taking a break from dating or, in my case, giving it up altogether. There's nothing about that that precludes you from finding your partner. Because dating is not the only way that people meet. It's just one way. There are an infinite other number of ways that people come together in life and in love and meet. And there's nothing about removing yourself from a dating space, particularly if it's making you unhappy, by the way. There's nothing about removing yourself from that space that is going to keep you from the love of your life. I just don't believe that the only ways that people meet are when we're aggressively hunting each other down with our thumbs. Are you kidding? Like, it's, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous.
0: It is hard, though, to meet people at, uh, other than dating sites, though. I mean, I met um, my husband, Matt, God, 10 years ago, right, on a dating site when it was still considered weird, right? And we told everyone that we met in a pub because we were, like, really
1: embarrassed by it. I <laughs> Now, because that's just the way. Janie's got this look of "I'm not a shock or disappointment; it's shock appointment." Like, that's what she's got going on. Shock appointment, <laughs> but now
0: it, it feels like the, the sort of the done way. So, how do you? How did people? How do you recommend people meet people if not online dating? I don't.
2: I actually recommend that okay. yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> I, I was so scared. You're going to be like, well, this is how you meet the love of your life. Oh, God, I think no. I know what you're going to say. And I'm so no. excited
2: about this. I will never tell anyone how to meet the love of their life because I can't possibly know. I'm not that psychic. And there is no dating coach on this blue planet that is. So let's all please stop <laughs> trusting their bullshit advice. Oh, shit. Can I, oh, I said it twice now. Can I yes. swear or no? Many, many swears. Yeah, go for it. So I never tell people how to meet people because I don't think anyone knows. What I suggest instead is that you just live. You live your life, you do what you are authentically drawn to do or not do. You live a life that feels good to you, that is full of everything else, friends and family and hobbies and career and goals and travel and pets and whatever, whatever you want in your life, whatever feels good to you and authentic to you, do that you have one life. We all have one life. And for single people, we have been told for so long by so many that our only focus is allowed to be finding someone else. And I think that completely ignores the fact that we are a whole person. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that single people only get to focus on dating and only get to focus on finding someone. And for a decade, that's all I did. And I'm very sad for everything that I didn't do during that decade because I thought I couldn't, because I was alone, because I thought it wasn't time yet because I hadn't accomplished the partner thing. There was so much that I held back for myself because I'm like, well, you don't have a partner yet you can't do that yet you can only do that once you yeah. have a partner and that was such a bullshit half-assed way to live i was living a fraction of my own life because i hadn't found another person yet it's just it's wild to me now but i i still speak about it with a lot of empathy because there're still a lot of people living there and i care for them very much and i don't want them to feel ashamed i don't want them to feel like failures there is a there is a way to not find someone else but find yourself and that it sounds cheesy but it does feel better than this endless pursuit of someone else and like in all those things that I just mentioned there's a lot of people there there's a lot of people in all of those life living things so maybe we meet someone there I think it's such a good point you make
0: because I do think that there is a stigma still around you know people living on their own and somebody asked me the other day about um, a friend of mine I said oh she found someone yet
1: oh were they talking about me (laughs) They were. <laughs> but I don't want to say it. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I all recalls they fucking were. Get it every day, babes. <laughs> Has she found someone yet? Hold on a minute. I'm actually like irrationally angry. Carry on.
0: <laughs> so, I knew you would be. Sorry, that wasn't designed to make you angry, but it the the tone of it was almost was like condescending and like oh well you know that's when her life will begin and it's the same when you know people like get married then it's when you're going to have children and then it's you have one and then it's when you're going to have another one and I feel like as women in particular our life achievements I remember my, my dad saying to me again like I don't know 15 odd years ago something like oh I just want her to meet someone have lots of babies and be happy well and I actually remember saying to him you should want so much more for me than that and um, I I feel like it is changing but there still is that expectation now of like if you're not married with kids that you don't have a full and happy life especially as women and like men more so like you know you look at Leonardo DiCaprio and he's like this kind of single you know batch he's cool or whatever but if if you're a woman on your own and and you're a spinster and there's something wrong with you and you're left on the shelf And I really, I really hate that. So I really admire the fact that you're challenging that stereotype and and that stigma. And I, I think, I just think it's so important. The
2: next time somebody asks if your friend has found someone yet, um, ask them why they're asking. Ask them why. Throw the question back on them. Make it their responsibility to answer, not yours and not hers. Ask them why they're asking that question, because I don't think they've ever asked themselves why that is the first question that comes into their mind when they think of Lauren. Mm -hmm. And it's not rooted in anything. It just isn't. Like, there's so many other questions you could ask about her or anyone, and it's such an invasive thing as well. And we would never ask a married person. So how happy is her marriage? How happy is your marriage? We wouldn't so do true. that.
1: So true. I'm going to start. I'll tell you that <laughs>
0: you
2: right should. now. If the next married or coupled yeah. up person asks me, I'm going to go back with, how's your marriage, babe?" you know? No. It's the same question. It's the same question. You are asking about someone's private, romantic, perhaps sexual life. It is not your business. And I'm tired of the notion that, Like, you know, what happens behind closed doors with couples is none of our business. Single people's doors close too. And we need to start treating everyone the same, not giving respect and dignity and privacy only to those who are also in love. What? That makes no sense. Like, love insulates people from so much bullshit. And I'm very tired of that. And I would just, I don't, there is no better. Like singlehood isn't better than couplehood. Couplehood isn't better than singlehood. They're all equal and they should be treated equally. And thus far they haven't been. So sometimes I get very angry and loud on TikTok.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling the (laughs) anger because, you know, Laura liked that comment as well. That's not abnormal for comments that I get very regularly from people in my life and people online. Like I had one today and it was like, oh, I don't know how you haven't snagged yourself a man yet. And I appreciate that comment comes from, they think that it's a compliment. And I understand that. And, and I, and I take it that way, but really what you're kind of saying is, you know, oh, you're not, you're not done and you're not sorted yet until you've got a bloke on your arm. And it's like, what the fuck else do I have to do in this life to one, show you that I am genuinely happy? And two, be deemed successful. I've got an insanely good career. I have bought a house by myself. I do a side hustle of this. I have a degree. I'm smart. I'm all these things. What? But I feel like for so many people, they're just going to feel more comfortable around me and thinking about me if I'm in a relationship. And now I'm 34 and I've been single for, I can't even remember how many years. I'm just a bit fucking tired of it.
2: Let them feel uncomfortable. Your happiness is valid whether or not somebody else believes it. It doesn't matter what somebody else thinks. It's your happiness. It belongs to you. I know it feels better when people believe us, when we say, I'm actually mm-hmm. quite happy. This is, this is a way that I'm very comfortable living my life. And they like yeah. want to roll their eyes and say, oh, well, you're just lying to yourself. Who the fuck are you lying to? If all you can focus <laughs> on is my romantic status, if that's the only defining characteristic of me to you, our friendship needs some work. Mm. It absolutely needs somewhere. Isn't
1: that interesting? And the same goes. Like I don't, if I hang out with my married friends, I'm not asking them all about their marriage all the time. It's probably, I think probably to like Laura the other day, I think it was like the last question I asked you. Like I, I'm just, you know, I want to know about my friends and their lives and stuff. And you made a point online recently about, making sure that everyone's equal being single isn't being isn't better being in a relationship isn't better so also i think for me and i think you can probably hear there's like an element of just exasperation exhaustion like tiredness stress from it all and just like i'm bored of the narrative that i get at me all the time is also me going not all married couples are unhappy as well so it's not like (laughs) do you know what i mean like it's (laughs) everyone is cool no one is better but it just seems the discourse around the way that we treat specifically single women is just really boring. It's not on and it makes us feel like shit yeah. to be honest. And I do think it's better to be
0: single than in a relationship that's bad for you or there are there are lots of people to be fair married or just in a relationship that are just putting up with stuff just because it's just and uh, you know for an easy life. And surely surely being single is better than that and being like you know free from a, a really boring or or worse you know unhealthy relationship
2: i think for some people well for everybody everything's going to feel different and every relationship is either going to make sense and feel good to you or not and what's good for one person may sound terrible to another but what's really important is that like we have to get rid of the narrative that like all married people are unhappy and that that notion of like oh well all married people are just miserable Single people have to stop using that to make ourselves feel better because it's so nonsensical. Mm. If you want to get married, how does it serve you to just assume that all married Mm. people are bored and unhappy? I think married people look like they're having a great time. I can't wait to do that. I'm really looking forward to that. And for my friends that are in marriages that maybe don't feel so good, I give them my empathy and an ear and whatever comfort I can provide because they're friends and I love them. And I hope they give the same back to me. But married people don't have to be miserable for single people to be happy. That is very important to understand. Mm. I have to believe that an awesome marriage can exist because I intend to have one. I do want to get married. I look forward to that. And when it happens, I like to think that I'll be a better partner because I spend this time as a single person identifying like what I want in a relationship. And it's no longer this list of like attributes. It's more a list of feelings, like how I want to feel, how I want to reciprocate feelings. And like, there's a lot more care and genuine love and things than there used to be like, well, it'd be nice if he was tall. Like we're we're done with. Tall being on the look, can yeah. we stop? Like, yeah, yeah. it's much more beneficial to me and my like romantic headspace to identify what I actually want and not what I was maybe like societally groomed to think was good.
1: So, in that case, is it kind of things like, so for me, we talked about this recently, I would like somebody who has the same kind of morals as I do and has the same social stance that I do. That's really important. Uh, yeah, someone who is like my biggest fan, that kind of thing. Someone who can rock up to, a barbecue with all my friends and just hang out and it'd be fine those are the things I'm after I don't care if you're tall I don't care if you have lost your hair I don't care if you've got shit clothes I just don't get I just want is that is it that kind of thing you're talking about
2: Yeah, absolutely. There are layers to it. There are always going to be layers to it. I would love, well, I won't be with someone that I have to socially babysit. Like there's just, I'm never going to go to a party and have to like, are you kidding? Like there's no way I turned 41 on Friday. There's no way that I have gone this much of my life to settle for like a, past version of what I would have settled for like there's no way I've just come too far there's a lot of feelings that I want to be most most importantly I want equality and balance in the relationship I don't want to become someone's mother or maid that's Mm. not going to work for me Mm. I want equality and balance (laughs) in the home like emotionally I want us both taking care of each other and I think if we both emotionally take care of each other it's going to be easier to identify when one person isn't pulling their weight and I also hope to have like the communication safety in a relationship, so that we can say things like, "I haven't felt very emotionally supported from you lately. Is there something going on that we can like discuss or work through?" Or like, "How can I support you if there's something difficult that has been preventing you from from being emotionally present for me?" Emotional maturity is very important to me. Balance emotional maturity, and it would—I mean—I like to think a lot of the other things will fall into place. And I also am really, really excited to be surprised because I know how I want to feel, but I don't know so much about my future partner because I haven't met him yet. So I'm Mm -hmm. very much looking forward to being surprised by what he does for a living, what his hobbies are, what lights him up, what excites him. Some of that's going to gel with what I do, but some of it isn't. Some of it's just going to teach me and delight me and I'm going to be like,
1: yeah, that's him. He's really cool, isn't he? I love that. I love as well that you're... I think us putting these little boxes into what we're looking for is really really dangerous. And what has been so wonderful recently and I won't name names but one of my friends is in a new relationship with somebody who is com- probably the opposite of the guy that she used to swipe right on on Tinder. Do you know what I mean? He is the absolute opposite and she is blissfully happy. And that's so so putting these little boxes of things that we want is silly and i love that we could be surprised by it yeah i I think that's really nice like i'm excited about that i wonder what i wonder what he's up to right now but that's really exciting i hope so laura we are back with another of our favorite ad reads ever because today we're telling you guys all about the online sex education platform of our dreams beducated
0: yes so we speak about this all the time but sex education in the uk Let's be honest, it's not great. There's so much awkwardness around it, which I really, really hate. That means that people end up just learning about it through porn or not learning about it at all. I remember our sex education at school was literally like, <laughs> actually like I'm giggling because I am remembering like how that like, cringe it was but it was just anatomy mm, yeah
1: no I, I feel you my the sex education I got at school was subpar and actually my mom I'm really lucky that my mom wasn't was such an incredible mom and bought a book and it talked all about not you know relationships of different kinds it talked about gay relationships it talked about pleasure it talked about all that and I was Amazing. so lucky that I had that yeah but I, I didn't get that at school I got that because my mom's awesome so sex education in school for people of our age was so poor and that's what we that's what we grew up with
0: yeah no I completely agree and that's why I'm so glad we have Beducated here to help us end summer with a bang quite literally because they're offering our lovely <laughs> listeners a massive 50% off of their entire library if you use code go
1: love so to tell you a little bit more about Beducated they offer online sex education courses that are all about your pleasure fantastic news and exploring your sexuality in a safe judgement free zone they have over 100 courses from the world's top experts with so much to choose from Uh, so all the sexual basics are covered like the different types of female orgasm how to give the best blowjob and different sexual positions or if you want to get a bit more adventurous there are courses on erotic spanking threesomes and even burlesque dancing which I love
0: and it's not just about learning the skills either the focus really is on your pleasure which again (laughs) woohoo and your experience of sex so there's also courses on boundaries dealing with rejection mental mental health and even things like endometriosis and disability
1: and there are also courses specifically about dating including online dating thank god and our favourite course plus size sexy skills I just cannot this is like it was made for us (laughs) Um, and it's so easy to navigate it's a bit like a spicy uni with all these modules to choose from and it's explicit enough to give you tips that you actually want without being pornographic
0: so if you fancy trying out Beducated head to Beducated.com and use our code which is go love. For 50% off your yearly pass. That's beducated.com. So B E D, you Basically, the letter B and the word educated. And the code is go love, which will give you access to Beducated's entire library for less than £10 a month.
1: Cheney, tell me how you feel about when people say, oh, but you're just being picky. Oh, so you,
2: you weren't? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Mic it's drop. The- this is my life and my day to day existence that I'm going to share with another human being by choice bet your ass I'm picky (laughs) yes (laughs) don't threaten me with a good time picky has a terrible reputation The word picky, it has such a terrible, that what that means is that you're not doing something that the person who's calling you picky wants you to do. That person wants you to settle for whatever is in front of you just so they can feel more comfortable about you and their brain because you're partnered up. It's the same person that's going to say, well, you broke up because you ignored the red flag. <laughs> Which one is it? Which one is it, my love? Which one? I do not serve Limited societal narratives of singlehood at all. I don't serve someone else's comfort with my singlehood. I serve my life and my authenticity and I will be as picky as I need to be to ensure that I do not waste my days on earth with the wrong people. So even if that meant always being single, yeah yeah I don't I don't think it will because logically for me, I don't think that it's likely that I will live from now until the end of my life without ever meeting a partner. But if I don't, okay. Like I would still mm. you're the, the question is a really important one because I'm never going to stop loving me just so I can be loved by someone yeah.
0: else. So I do feel like we do, but I made so many mistakes in the, in the early days and I must admit I, I don't envy like Lauren does tell me about her like dating. Pre- and I, I, I mean, some of it sounds fun. Don't get me wrong. Way too much fun to share on the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then other things I think it just, it does. It sounds really exhausting, but um. Yeah, I made so many mistakes in the beginning, and the whole mothering thing. Definitely, I, me and Lauren were chatting about this recently when we went for brunch, didn't we? And I feel like as women, a lot of us do that, especially early on in a relationship. We mother because we feel like, well, I, I don't want to speak for other women. I certainly felt like, oh, I need to like cook and clean and be, you know, show that I'm like, you know, caring and maternal and and cook nice food and look after him. And do the majority of the housework. And I tell you where that's left me. In, in and that, uh, that is not in a great place with having to cook and clean. A majority of it, you know, is is on me. And I partly do blame myself. But I also think, you know, it's just because that's, that's the kind of like the lack of boundaries more than the boundary that I set when we were first dating. And I think a lot of us do that. Sometimes I wish I had my time again, girlfriend. (laughs) 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 Because it's exhausting. The dating sounds exhausting, but so it's been in a marriage where it's like, okay, can you just do the dishwasher? And it's like, feels like the biggest ask. And it's like, I'm not your mother. Like, do it yourself.
2: (laughs) I like to think that like all of the housework stuff, like... There are some things that I enjoy. Like, I, I like doing laundry. I really do. I hate doing dishes. And in my vision of what a relationship would be like, there would be a balance where, like, you could work out, like, what one person likes to do and what one person doesn't like to do and, like, share things. thing. But is there any element... And I'm not married, so I don't know, so I'm asking Laura... Is there any element of the work done in the home that, like, is enjoyable? Because you are doing things for someone you love. Because I like to think that, like, I will enjoy it to some degree. Or maybe I'm just, like, I have no... I mean, I feel like you're a bit naive, babes, but... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> nah, no. the I, I feel like not today. today.
0: I think when we first started out, right, it was not. I I did enjoy it. To be fair, I was like I liked looking after him. But now it's the <laughs> sorry. I don't know why. I'm, I'm like, this is not a couple therapy. Oh, that's gonna kill me. But there's a resentment that 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 builds. That that you know starts that that when you feel like you have to do something for someone, and the, so the joy does. get Get sucked out of it because it's just expected and I think that's why probably like I've really lost my love for cooking now like the other day I cooked I'm not joking the world's most disgusting vile dinner um, <laughs> and I think it's when you don't put love into something it doesn't I just want to make it clear like I do love Matt very very much but um I think, yeah, it is It is hard, that division of responsibility. And I think that, again, this kind of like this sort of misogynistic view, isn't it? It just always falls on, on the woman, like traditionally. And that's fine if I wasn't working or at home and that's what we had decided. But actually, I've always worked and I've always contributed financially, sometimes more. And so why should I be the one that cooks in cleans all the time and I think I saw a really interesting quote the other day it said about you know we we get sold this lie as women that we can have it all and actually what it means is we can do it all and mm-hmm. I thought yeah that's that that's what it means you you know and I I just oh, think that works no. for us
1: that for me Having seen how you know other relationships go, whether that's people in my life or online or whatever, that division of labour in the home is something that really bothers me. It doesn't bother everybody to the extent it bothers me. It's, just, it's my issue. So I know that for when I get into a relationship, that's going to be something that will be discussed and talked about. I, I absolutely, pl- I do not plan. I will work full time. I do not plan to do the the majority of the, the, the labour in the home. Um But it's because I've had this single time away and I've had a lot of it to kind of think about what are my non-negotiables and my negotiables. And do you think it's kind of, is that why being single? Is that why having this single time, obviously on top of all the wonderful stuff and living your life and it's wonderful. And we will talk about that because it is fantastic. Is that why you think it's so important that everyone has a little bit of single time?
2: No, I don't think the only reason to have a wonderful single time is in service of your future relationships. I think it's, yeah. I think it's I think it's more to serve your life now and to serve your growth and development as a human being and i I have to assume that it is a bit easier to like grow and emotionally mature and do whatever self work you want to do, not being in partnership because while you're in partnership, you're also doing the work of that partnership too to maintain that relationship. So it's just a bit easier to do like mm-hmm. self-reflection and self-development when you're on your own as opposed to being with someone else and also like, it just takes time to be in a relationship. It takes effort. It takes yeah. energy. Like, And I don't have to exert that right now. I just don't have to. And I choose to see that as a positive rather mm-hmm. than as a lack. It's just a choice. Like Everything about singlehood is a choice. The societal narratives of singlehood are so ingrained that we've come to believe that they're not a choice. We just come to believe that this is the way things are. But it's not. Things are the way you choose to see them. And that's all reframing is.
0: So Shaney, we had loads of questions from our listeners for you. I'm going to start with one from Georgia. She says, I have been trying to reclaim my singlehood and unlearn all the pressures to be in a relationship, but I'm still finding myself ultimately wanting a partner. Does that mean I haven't unlearned all the pressures
2: or is it okay to feel like this? Oh my gosh. Want what you want. This reframing singlehood and, and changing your perspective on it is never about removing your desire for companionship ever. Want a relationship all you like. I do. I want a relationship every day of my life. The difference is I'm also happy in my singlehood at the Mm -hmm. same time. That is a possibility. It's never going to be about removing your desire for companionship, for love, for sex, for affection, for whatever it is. Retain that. Keep that. It's a beautiful thing. It's a human thing. But what we can let go of is this lack and misery and sense of failure and sense of outcastness and sense of uh, us being less important in social hierarchy than married people. That's what Mm. we can let go of. Don't ever let go of your desire. That's never, that's never required of you ever. I think our desire is a beautiful thing and it should be validated.
1: I love that. And we had another question from Natalie and this is something uh, that I feel very much in my life at the minute. I talk about a lot online and she asks, have you got any advice for dealing with life admin as a single person? It is exhausting having to make every household decision by myself. And I feel that so hard. I relate so hard.
2: (laughs) Yes, and the way that we will reframe this is that are you making all the decisions on your own and that's burdensome or are you making all the decisions on your own without ever getting in a fight about them, ever?
1: You are so correct because do you think I would have had this decor in this room that I'm recording in right now if I had a partner? You should. I got to make this decision.
2: (laughs) You should. You should keep it. When you're partnered, I better still see it on your wall. (laughs) keep it. It's gorgeous. It's kind
1: of like, it's not, I have to do this. It's like, I get to do this. You know, I I get to decorate my house and that's really wonderful in, you know, and that's not to take away from those moments when it really is difficult running a house by yourself or owning or paying rent or however you, you know, have your house. It really is difficult. That's not taking it away. But actually in those moments, I think that reframing is really going to help because mate, the amount of times I cried because I couldn't pick bathroom tiles and it was like i have to i have to make the decision no one's going to help me and it was more like mm. i get to make that decision but it's like and it's my decision like we were talking earlier about you know there's there's good
0: sides and bad sides to marriage and being single i know my mom really struggles with that like she said the other day like she couldn't reach something and she needed something fixed that she couldn't do and she needed like my brother or someone to come and help and she said she got really upset and it was like the straw that broke the camel's back or whatever. But she said it was so simple, but it's such a silly thing. But it just made me feel really alone and it just made me feel like I just want someone... You know, she's, she's generally really happy being single. But she said, I just felt like in that moment of like, I just want some support, someone to, to help me with something or just then to give me a cuddle to comfort me. So I think, you know, it's natural like and normal to to, to feel like that. There are ups and downs in everything. And yeah, we actually had um, a question from a listener called Tara. She said, I love being single, but I still feel lonely a lot of the time. And she wants to know if you've got any advice for feeling complete without a partner. I imagine that's something that quite a lot of people struggle with.
2: Yes, I have an answer for Tara and I also have an answer for your mom and for anybody else who has those moments that are hard. They they're allowed. The hard Mm -hmm. moments are allowed. The sad moments are allowed. The lonely moments are allowed. Like your, Your natural human feelings are always allowed. They're never wrong. And I also don't think that we always have to chase down a solution to them. We don't always have to chase down something that's going to make the bad feeling go away. I think we can also make the choice to feel the bad feeling, to let it move through us so that we can learn that it does move through us. It does pass. It does go away. This is not a permanent feeling. I can feel bad let that process. And I'm going to feel better after because I always do. And I always have like, there is not always going to be a band aid or a quick fix for the hard moments of singlehood. And there are countless, really deeply difficult moments of singlehood. I've been single for 15 years. The layers of loneliness are legion, absolutely legion. And it's it's a choice to not let that be my center. It is a true and valid thing, but it is not the center of me. It is not my drive in life is not to like cure loneliness. It's to learn from that loneliness. Like what is it teaching me? What kind of information can I get from this feeling? And how can I get better at feeling what I naturally feel, not feeling guilty for it, not feeling ashamed for it, acknowledging it and holding space for it and letting it move through me and pass so that I can learn that I'm going to be okay.
1: That's really nice. I think because the loneliness is something I it's I think it's the one really big, bad bit that makes me I will never do this, but want to fast track finding my partner because mm. it's just when it's bad, it's it's this emptiness. I have never felt anything like it before. And I started feeling it at the beginning of last year. And it's just, there's no I can't describe it. It's, it's, un, it's indescribable, that feeling. But I like that. You know, that's I love that. I don't want to focus my life on filling that emptiness or filling that loneliness. I love the way that you phrase that. And there are so many other things in this world that we can tackle loneliness or fill our time with and our space with that's not a partner. And that is friends and family and activities and strangers. You go to a class and you meet a bunch of randomers and, you know, fill your life that way. That's what I do. I don't do it because I feel lonely. I do it because I just love my life and I love doing all these things. But in those moments that I do feel lonely, I'm just going to call up my best friend. I'm just going to call my dad and go around and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, thank you for that. That was actually really helpful. You're welcome. But I would say the same thing to a married
2: person. I would say that to any human person mm. on earth who is feeling lonely. Like it's the same for everybody. Everybody can experience feelings of all kinds. Mm. I, granted, the single feelings of loneliness are probably more intense, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. Um, but... Everybody's capable of feeling everything and there's no – like a romantic partner is not solely responsible for fixing our loneliness or, or solely responsible for fixing any feeling we have. Yeah. It's It takes a village to, to raise an adult too. Like we're allowed to have <laughs> communities around us and all kinds of love around us and all kinds of um, interests and things that light us up. I think that helps – That helps create balance there, too, because the loneliness can win sometimes. The loneliness can become, like, the prevailing feeling, and that's out of balance, too. Like, I don't want that for my singlehood, either. I want to balance all my emotions together, and there are a variety of, like, coping skills and and mechanisms for for soothing, and that, to me, is a comfort in and of itself, because I never want to rely on a romantic partner to fix things. Like, Mm. that's my job, so...
1: I love that and I think that kind of harks back a little bit to a point in Tara's question at the end of it she said have you got any advice for feeling complete without a partner and I would just it's that complete that sort of bothered me a little bit and I wondered your thoughts on it because I do not think that there will just be this moment of ha, as you know if and when I find a partner and I feel complete (laughs) I don't think that's a thing and I see my friends who have got you know the typical completeness of, you know, the the husband and 2.4 children. And I see them struggling and I see them having down days. I see them having happy days. And I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. We feel like we're going to be complete if we are part of a pair.
2: Yeah, that was sold to you by people at benefits that it really was. Um, (laughs) You were complete the moment you were born. I mean, ask your parents if when you were born, if they felt like you were incomplete. This baby's nice, but it's really missing something. (laughs) Yeah, um, you were complete the instant you were born. You were valid the instant you were born. And the notion of being incomplete without a partner is, of course, something we feel because it's been fed to us since the fairy tale days. Of course, we're going to believe that. We see countless models Mm. in real life, in social life, in media, countless reinforcements that you, particularly if you are a straight woman, you're not complete without a partner, but I don't know that that necessarily makes any sense at all. I don't, it just, it's so wild to me to think that a human being is, is it feels a bit gross. It feels like, (laughs) it feels like devaluing women to me if their value is only reflected in their partner and their children. And it's a Mm. hard thing to, I'm very vocally child-free by choice and I am very comfortable saying out loud that I've been single for 15 years. The world is gonna look at me with certain eyes. And I choose to see those eyes that they look at me with as their problem, not mine. That is their limitation in how they see me, not my limitation in how I exist.
0: Yeah. And it, again, it just comes down to like, I don't want to be like the patriarchy again, but it is very much of like, it always is. <laughs> you know how like we always say about how, you know, we've we've sort of always been made to feel like we should look a certain way like for the male gaze. And historically, that is really how like marketing kind of always worked. But I think it's the same for the whole like marriage and kids thing. And I think, oh, I just think that there's so much... More, we as women, as people, like are so much, uh, much more, more than that. And I think, yeah, I'm just finding this very empowering. This is, this is wonderful, isn't chat. it? Yeah.
1: So, I wanted to run through the good bits about being single yeah. because they are Rub it in, Go on, and not in our uh, honestly, Laura, you're not going to enjoy probably in the next five to ten minutes. But like, I just so as I said at the beginning, I've been single for, for for many years. I've had dalliances and I've dated and I've done stuff and I've not done stuff and it's all been fine. But having this prolonged period of time where I've been single after being in relationships for like 13 years of my life and like consecutive and then having this long period, it has just been a joy. Not every day, but not every day would have, was a joy for those 13 years, let me tell you. So, I just
2: I've, it's just wonderful so Shane, you tell us the fabulous bits oh man I'm a starfish I actually worry <laughs> I worry that when I do get into a relationship I'm gonna have to re-sleep train myself to not starfish get another bed just get two double beds next to each other and just deal with it bye you aren't kidding it's the first time yeah. I've understood why, why it used to be tradition for men and women to have separate bedrooms I understand, understand. he's hot <laughs> he's so hot he's a hot body making my body hot go away like yes. this is too much sweat Leave. in bed like I can't take it I need like space I like roll around all night I am who I am so I'm a starfish and I don't ever have to worry about being a starfish or feel bad for being a starfish the way that men in my in past iterations of my life used to bitch about me stealing cover get your own get your own blanket these are my covers I it's not stealing if I bought it buy your own covers Get your own. I'm fully going to burrito myself in my own covers when I do share a bed with a man someday, because I think that's going to be essential for our relationship as is separate toilets. Yeah. So that's a whole other issue.
1: Oh, I was just about to say, I'm telling you now, non-negotiables is a huge humongous bed, probably with two separate duvets and separate bathrooms or <sighs> toilets and sinks. Just leave me alone. It's half yeah. the reason
2: I left New York because I can afford yes. a house with two bathrooms <laughs> here. It's so nice. Um, other positive parts, the you can do whatever you want all the fucking time. like <laughs> we understand this, but but the thing that I think gets overlooked is like there's no checking in with anyone, there's no getting anyone else's buy-in on what you want to do. Like I, per- I personally think that if two people in a relationship um, want different things for dinner, they should have them. If they want to go to different restaurants, they should go on their own and come back together maybe for a dessert or a glass of wine after. Like It doesn't always have to be doing things in pairs. Like mm-hmm. You can retain your individuality in a relationship, but when you're single, individ- individuality is all you've got. So thrive in it, love it, do whatever you want all of the time. I always try to remind single people of the luxury that they're living in when the thermostat is set to their temperature the scent of the candle is the scent that they like the movie yeah. they're going to watch is what they want to watch i haven't waited to catch up on a netflix show for a man in 15 fucking years i press play <laughs> I'm so at jealous. my leisure i promise
1: you i didn't know that was a thing i've never i haven't really done that since the invention of netflix so i mean yeah
0: Matt accused me of cheating on him the other day because i started something season two or something but i didn't think he was that interesting and he didn't talk to me for like two hours and i was like oh, for fuck's sake i want nothing to watch now and can i also throw into Mix choosing your own bedtime, yes. I think that's a big one, isn't it? Oh, it's a huge one because he gets up early, whereas I'm a night owl, but I, you know, I like going to bed together, so you're really lucky. You just get to choose your own bedtime and you just sleep when you want.
2: Absolutely. How am I gonna wake up at 5 30 a.m. and dick around on TikTok for an hour before I get out of bed if someone's lying there next to me? It's so rude, right? Right, this is true. I do, I like to do my
1: uh, TikTok dicking before I go to bed. (laughs) TikTok <laughs> dicking, right? TikTok, really? it might be. <laughs> How is that not? There's some, some spicy stuff sure on TikTok. Is. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, uh, when I go to bed, and I can't like, if ever I've had someone stay over, I can't do that. But I, I also don't want them to see my for you page because that's like my most prized possession, and it's very personal. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else?
2: Oh, there's countless. It's I mean, everything. It really is everything. Like the amount of freedom that you have, the amount of customization that your life has, the amount of like never, never needing to concern yourself with anyone else. And because you're single, that's not selfish. That's just your life. Mm. It's not selfish being single and living for you and how you want and customizing your life to your preferences. It isn't selfish if there's no one else in the room. It's just your life. Yeah. And I look forward, very, very much look forward to compromise and balance and like discussions with a future partner about like what's going to work and what's not going to work, and whatever. That, that's not, I'm not afraid of that. But right now, that doesn't have to be a part of my life. And I see value in that. And I'm going Mm -hmm. to continue to see value in that for as long as I happen to be single. There's good and bad to both. It's just that when I talk about the positive parts of being single. No one's ever really heard them before. So it tends to sound like I'm advocating for singlehood, but I'm not. I'm advocating for more balance to all of this because all we've ever heard is the wonderful parts of love and companionship and marriage, but there's just as much good on the single side. So I'm going to have to scream about it a little bit longer in the sake of like balancing those skills.
1: Yeah. Hell yes. And there's also, there's so much fear, isn't there? How many, I know we all know people who have said this of like, they would rather stay in that relationship because they don't want to be single again. And it's like, you don't know what you're missing out on, especially as you get older, actually, like there there is this fear of, you know, being single in your thirties and, you know, I'm sort of staring at down the barrel of the gun at 35 and that's a thing. But also my entire life is like all about me. I'm obsessed with that. Right. I do what I want minus, you know, the fact that I do have to go to work every day and, and live it to live my fabulous life. There's just something really cool about that. It's on no one else's agenda. No one else's time. And, I get to fill my life with so much fabulousness. And one thing I wanted to add there as well, and I listened to a podcast recently and I need to get the quote right. um, And I'll perhaps put that on my Instagram. And it was something like, because my life is so full of really rich friendships with women, I'm not craving the connection with a man. You know, that will come when it comes, if it comes, whatever, I'm, you know, I'm cool with it. But because I have these really rich friendships and relationships with other people, I'm not craving that and my life is still full. Mm just because i'm not in a relationship yeah
0: i really love that i feel like the whole like re re kind of i was like rethinking it and like, like i really think that you both of you have actually really opened up my eyes today of like reframing that's the word i was looking for <laughs> like what it means to to be single because i do think it's like that like oh paul like when you're gonna meet someone and like well no we need to stop thinking about that and Yeah, and also like you said, Lauren, as well. For you, I I, like not all marriages are miserable as well. So it's just balance. Every situation, every person is 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 different. So I like genuinely enjoyed this so much more than I thought I would and I got so much out of it even though I'm not like single and I'm obviously very jealous now that I'm not thank you so so much honestly that was like really invaluable I loved that
1: it's been fabulous and I just wanted to say I uh, wanted to finish on so Shaney does a fabulous series and it's like you know things pe- single people aren't doing anymore we're not waiting we are not waiting to live our life until we have a partner you know Our life at the minute is not fake. It is not temporary. You know, it is life. It is real. It's just, you know, my life is just as real as Laura's life. And I'm not going to wait to do all these wonderful things or whatever until I find someone
2: to do that with. Hell no. Your life is not the before. This is Mm -hmm. not the before part of the real part, which is the part when you have a partner. This is not a before. This is not a preamble. This is is your life. This is not a waiting period for the partner part. It is already happening. Your life is already here. It's already happening.
1: This has been such a good episode. I genuinely, hand on my heart, I've, I've absolutely loved this. I think it's going to help so many yeah. people. And you know what? Even if it doesn't, it's helped me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely delighted to have talked to you both.
3: Imagine you're walking down the street and you see someone famous, really famous. What do you do? Play it cool or stop and stare? Play it cool. Mm, but also, yeah, stop and stare. Now others have spotted this A-lister. They're staring too, and some of them aren't playing it cool at all. Now imagine you're not the one staring at the celebrity. You are the celebrity, staring back. Oh. You've got pots of money, adoring fans and a big house. But look, you've also got all of us, watching, judging. Being really, really famous, it's not easy. They say be careful what you wish for. From Wondery, I'm Anna Leong-Brophy And I'm Emily Lloyd-Saney. And this is Terribly Famous, our new podcast which shakes you right inside the lives of our most dazzling celebrities to find out what it's like to walk in their shoes. terribly Famous. Listen to Terribly Famous wherever you get your podcasts. Who knows, Emily? You may even gain a newfound appreciation for being a nobody. I don't think that came out how you meant it. I know what I said. terribly Famous.
0: What a great guest Shaney was. I feel like you needed that, <laughs> Am I right, Smithy. I
1: did, and I feel like I think we all probably did a little bit. And I just I really, really thoroughly enjoyed it and I feel I feel a bit, you know, buzzing now. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah,
0: I do as well. Like even though I'm not single, I feel like there were so many like really, really good takeaways in there. So thank you, Shaney.
1: And in the kind of spirit of stuff that Shaney was talking to us about, I do have another Am I the Asshole that made me feel things. <laughs> so I have to read it out to you. <laughs> okay, go for it. Okay, the headline, ladies and gentlemen, is am I the asshole for unfolding my clothes because my wife accidentally folded them the wrong way? <sighs> Fucking men. Right, my wife... <laughs> And I have been married for five years, and we have three kids that are three, two, and almost two months old. My God, I work and she stays home to take care of the kids. She is a great wife and mum, and I love her. Whenever she does laundry, she rolls and puts my clothes on hangers and I put them away. Would you want to meddle? Uh, yesterday, when I got home from work, she handed me my basket of clothes, but instead of them being rolled, they were folded bitch. I asked why and she said she forgot and then did them like everyone else's. I said that was fine and I went in our room and unfolded the clothes and laid them on the bed, planning on rolling them back up. However, I realised I didn't have time because I had to work on a presentation so I went back to my office and started working. My wife came in a while after that and asked why I unfolded my clothes. I said because I wanted them to be rolled and was going to do it but realised I needed to finish work. I asked her if she could please re-roll them and she just walked out. Uh, She came back with a basket of all my clothes and just dumped them on the ground in my office and called me an asshole and told me to do it myself. Mm hmm. I think that it wasn't an unreasonable request Because she takes care of things around the house And I've had the same preference for my laundry For our entire marriage I work hard to provide her and our children With a privileged life And I don't think properly rolled laundry Is asking for that much I did plan on doing it myself But I just couldn't Now she has given me the cold shoulder I'll tell you what mate You're lucky you get a cold shoulder I would divorce You are an asshole. And you should be <laughs> sad and alone. Bye. Sad and alone. That's what you deserve. I cannot. How? Honestly, oh, it's, that's you just serious? petting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love as well, like, you know, your wife, uh, you've got three kids that are three, two and two months old and you think you're the only one that works to afford you a privileged life. Sorry, what?
1: Uh, there are no words. There are no words. I think He's going in the bag of dicks immediately. He is going in the bag of dicks. And again, it's it's stuff like that. And I mean this so very genuinely. And I talk to my single friends about this all the time. It makes me so happy not to be in a marriage like this. And this is why Mm. I'm staying single because I could find myself a boyfriend, as I said in this episode, very, very quickly. But I am not looking to mother someone. And I understand there's a division of labour in this relationship. And she takes on a lot more because she doesn't do a going out and getting paid job. Nah, ain't having it. Ain't having it.
0: Get a fucking life. Build a bridge. Build a bridge, and then get over it. All right. See you later.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would be single forever. I swear to God. Please, can you just assure me that there are men out there that that aren't like this? Please, please uh, give me hope. I can't. I can't. Ah,
0: no. No. I, I give you this. My sister-in-law is—they're uh, not married. They uh, are in a long-term relationship. With, he's the loveliest guy and he does his fair share if not more of housework and chores and my dad recently built their patio for them and he was like horrified when he saw him running a hoover around he was like are you feeling alright is, is Amy unwell
1: <gasps> alright dad <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah all right dad but no he's a really good egg so I'm yeah I think they do exist I'm not married to okay. one but <laughs> I think they do exist.
1: <laughs> my goodness okay oh, I will oh we live in hope that's all I can say at this moment in time I will say that there are a few of my friends whose men do do a lot more stuff and would not give them shit for not rolling their pants so I do live in hope but I'm not feeling <laughs> God, I need to stop, don't I? Honestly, it's like I'm bitter or something. Right, anyway... (laughs) Thank you so
0: much for listening to this episode. We really hope you enjoyed it, and we will, of course, be back next week with a brand new one. But if you want more of us in the meantime, make sure you follow our Instagram. Our handle is at Go love Yourself Pod. Uh, you can also join our Facebook group. You just need to search Go Love Yourself Community. Or if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email go love at crowdnetwork.co.uk.
1: You can also support the show by subscribing on Patreon or Apple Podcasts, where you can get ad-free and early episodes for one pound a week. Or you can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Thank you so much for listening listening. listening i've absolutely loved this episode and it has given me a lot of food for thought (sighs) loved it anyway we will see you next week for an equally fabulous episode bye
3: crowd network a place where you belong